0: Turning your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Taking out the trash, right? Do you take out the trash at your house? Uh, You you get it out, you're excited about that, right? Uh, You're excited about getting rid of the trash. Uh, There's a sense of accomplishment. Uh, Once it gets out of your possession and in a dumpster or a trash can and out at the street or uh, down at the waste, but it's great, isn't it? It's a sense of not my problem anymore, right? Um, we uh, we do that often. We do that. Some of us daily. Uh, we take out the trash. We get rid of that which is useless, which leaves us with the things that we think are useful. Um, so, sometimes we have things of value. And things that are are useful, but they're no longer useful to us uh, and so what do we do with those things? Uh, well we give them away or sell them or or get them out of our, our our and that there's a sense of satisfaction to that too, right uh Bagging up things and uh heading down in, into town and giving them away or uh, giving them to our children or or giving them to somebody, or selling them. There's it a great feeling of freedom to to get rid of that. So then you're just down uh, to some of us in our house, uh, just the things that we want, just the things that we find valuable. Um, most of us, uh, we have more things that we think are valuable than we really can use, right? I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, and those of you who have three-car garages that none of your cars actually are in, um, not pointing fingers at anybody or reflect, that would be me. I have a three-car garage. and One of the garages you can't even walk in because there's so much stuff, and I'm blaming it on my wife and kids, um, seeing that none of them are here right now. Um, <clears throat> we're left with the things that we find valuable and the the things that we're holding on to and and that uh that's what we say too right i'm going to keep that i'm going to hold on to that um and and then but can you picture can you picture and some of you are going through this process even now or just went through it moving can you picture moving and Some you you're like you know breaking out in a rash and cold sweat you know like, what am I going to do with all this stuff? Um, some of you uh, it doesn 't bother you at all your your attitude towards it i 'm going to abandon i 'm going to abandon this place i 'm going to go to heaven and somebody else is going to have to deal with all this stuff, which isn 't a bad plan by the way uh, um, yeah um, this morning um, we 're really talking about in paul 's life the things that he was holding on to the things that were still of value to him and uh, if you think about the trash and the the giveaway and then the things you're holding on to it's all a math problem right you're constantly going like this is it worth it if i had to choose between this and this i'll choose this and and you're constantly doing that you're doing that with with furniture and clothing and uh, cars, uh you know uh, when we get a new car somehow that old car doesn't mean so much to us anymore and we're like i just get rid of it i don't care about that anymore i got something new i got something better this morning as we look to god's word we're going to see paul's changing values Uh, what christ did to him as he came to know christ and how it changed the way he saw all, all of his life and specifically how he saw his past, the things that he used to value, and he saw it all in light of the worth of Christ. And this morning, my hope is that we would be able to see the worth of Christ in light of um, some of the things that we might be holding on to. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you from God's word, starting at verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 7. God's word says this. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in, in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him in the power of His resurrection and may share in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. God, we ask Your blessing on Your Word and we ask that You would Um, help us to sort out what we're clinging to and that which we're uh, considering a loss. God, do your work in us now, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, Before we go on any further, I just want to ask you, if you're thinking about your house right now, what was the greatest invention in your house? Like, there are all kinds of different things, appliances, you know, things that you have. What is the greatest invention in your house? I just want you to think about that, and we're going to come back to that later. Okay, the greatest invention in your house. Um, I'll give you, a, no, I, I'm not going to give any prizes if you come up with it. Um, we're starting out. Remember if we were, you were here last week and the weeks prior, uh, we were talking about uh, Paul's list of things that he had. And some of those things on his list were things of privilege that he was just born into and other things he had attained uh, through his life. And they were all kind of spiritual Jewish type things that as a Jew, they would have looked at Paul and he said, he was a winner when it came to Judaism. He, he was one who had accomplished much. He was at the top of his class. And as you think about that, uh, you, you can think he was a very religious man. He was a very religious man. And Paul's placing his religious, his spiritual life next to his now relationship with Jesus Christ. And he's putting them side by side. This morning, that's what I hope we're doing uh, as we come to God's word. Uh, As I talked earlier um, last week and the week prior, you think about that and you think about what are the things that you cling to? You cling to those things that are good. Those things that you find valuable. And Paul was sharing with us the things that he found valuable. Undoubtedly, throughout Paul's life, he had skipped over things, left things behind that he didn't find valuable. And even those sinful, like ugly things of Paul's life, they were there just as they are there for us. He didn't mention those. Why? Because they're unmentionables, right? When you're talking about the great things that you have done, you don't go to sins, right? Um, That would be a great night if we sat around and talked about all the dumb things we have done, sinful things we've done in our life. Uh, It wouldn't just be one night either, right? Uh, That's just hitting the highlights. It's just barely uh, scratching the surface of the things that we remember. But Paul was talking about the things that others would have found great in him. And as he looks upon them, uh, now we turn uh, to this idea that it's all the things that I will lose. All the things that I will lose. Um, We, uh, In life, we don't want to be a loser, right? That's that's one of the things that we uh, push away and we work so hard uh, to not lose. And Paul was doing that as well. He was zealous for it even. Uh, as you look at his list that the prior verses, you you see that he was zealous. And the reason people are zealous is because they're motivated because they don't want to lose. And I think most of us are motivated to some degree or another that we don't want to lose spiritually. And yet Paul is giving us a list, really a, a repetitive list of things that he needed to lose. If you look at the scriptures, verse seven. God's word says this, he says, but whatever I gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ, Christ. Um, You you see the whatever right there, right? You see whatever. Uh, He's probably referring to that previous list. And and one of the things in in people's minds, uh, when you see. Paul, Paul was converted, okay? He was changed by the gospel. He had experience with Christ that changed everything. And a couple of things I think Paul's saying in this section is, first of all, I wasn't a loser in the eyes of everybody else. Um, we do this sometimes uh, as, as, you know, as young people growing up. We're not doing so well in school, and we say, you know, I don't really want to go to college. I don't really want to go to college. I, I, I think college is stupid. I think college is stupid. And there's this thing sometimes when we're struggling with something, it becomes stupid, right? Because we're struggling to accomplish. And Paul's saying, no, I, I wasn't struggling before. I was the straight-A student. I was top 10 in my class. You know, I was number one, actually. And it wasn't that I was struggling. I wasn't losing when it came to being religious. In fact, I was winning. The other thing that I think he's saying is, I don't regret it at all. I don't regret it at all. Most of the time when we say, oh, I lost something, something I gave up, oh, he's not bemoaning it he's highlighting it for us in fact he highlights it once three three and he's making it more severe as you go on in our passage here this morning and the first thing he says whatever whatever gain i had these these words gain and loss they're accounting terms they're accounting terms and if you can imagine some of you love this kind of stuff how many of you like excel spreadsheets you just think they're fun, like they're exciting. You know, you even know how those little things work. So it adds up the column and it divides. That's pretty cool when you can do that. And some of you look at those and you go, I get it. You know, this, this column is a good column. This column's a bad column. And, and how these things work together. And you got to, down at the bottom, this number is important. It's an accounting thing. And Paul is talking about losses and gains. Losses and gains. And and he's talking about really the list, that's the whatever, the whatever, he says this, but whatever gain I had, whatever gains I, I had, that was the column of good stuff, I count as loss. I count as loss. It moves over into the loss column. It no longer, as I look at that column of things that I thought were good, it's now counted as loss for this one reason. For the sake of Christ for the sake of Christ as he was going upon in his life and as he encountered Christ he realized that to follow after Christ for the sake of him that other stuff that used to be a gain now becomes a loss it becomes a loss um there's uh, parables, there's two parables that go together, the pearl of great price and the hidden treasure in the field. You can look them up later, but I believe those parables are very much connected to this passage. This idea that a merchant looking for fine pearls would look search the world over and then finding one of great worth it says that he went and sold all the others to buy this one. And you, you look at that and you struggle with that picture because if a merchant only has one pearl and he takes all his other pearls, he kind of goes out of business. But this pearl was of such value that it was worth everything else. And uh, it also talks about a, a man finding a treasure and doing the same thing to buy the field so that he would have the treasure And this idea that finding something of such great worth, it's worth losing everything else for it. And so as Paul looked upon the things that used to be gain, or whatever was gain, he now counted as loss. In verse 8, we see this, that um, it's really everything, everything um he's once again like i said he's highlighting he he shares it and he says no i'm going to say it again for emphasis indeed i count everything as loss why because of the surpassing worth of knowing christ jesus my lord forgive me for using this illustration but when i was a kid uh, not last week or anything like that but um I i loved baseball cards Love baseball, and then I add baseball cards. And when I say baseball cards, I'm not just talking about a pack here, a pack there. I'm talking about boxes upon boxes. Um, I'm just throwing out a number, but I think I have 30,000 baseball cards. Uh, maybe more. I don't know. Like, who's going to sit there and count them, right? Um, but uh, they're not worth anything. They're worthless. But anyways, because baseball cards are worth. Anyways, there's, there's not that many of worth in there. But anyways, I had these baseball cards. And I remember, uh, especially in uh, junior high, I would have a few friends that we would trade baseball cards. Uh, they'd bring their box. They'd come over to my house or I'd go over there. Sometimes we did deals on the phone, too. It was pretty awesome. Felt like a general manager you know i'll trade you you know anyways uh we, we we traded baseball cards and the idea of trading baseball cards is forgive me to just put just to rip the other person off right for to get a better better value than you have you you think that you're smarter than the other person you're trading because you see the worth of this as greater than the worth of this. And so you swap and, you you know, in time, you know, I still have a friend that he brings it up every time I see him that uh, he, he feel like I took him trading baseball cards. Um, he's got to get over that. Um, he's a pastor too. So anyways, uh, um, he needs to let go. Um, forgive. Uh, so, uh It's all the idea of worth. And when you find one that's of greater value than the other, you willingly give up the other uh, because of the worth. And and as Paul, as he considers all these things that filled his life, the prideful things that he had done, the things that he was clinging to, what does he say? He says, indeed, verse 8, I count everything as loss. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Um, I guess this is where I connect the Pearl of Great Price and the hidden treasure. Is that as he saw, uh, as he added up all those other things. this This, plus this, plus this, plus this, plus everything else. I realize that, that everything that I have, everything that I am, everything that I've accomplished, all the smarts that I have in my head, everything is a loss. Why? Compared to the worth of Christ. The worth of Christ. The song, an uh, old song, uh, old to some but newer to others, uh, from the 90s. Uh, Rich Mullins had a song, and he says, it's a steal at any price. It's a steal. Because of the surpassing value of Jesus Christ, there's nothing that compares. And so I I can easily share with the billionaire that they need Jesus Christ, and it's worth more than their billions. It's maybe hard for them to understand, you know, as a camel going through the eye of a needle type difficult but for the beggar, for them to know also the worth of Christ and everybody in between. As Paul looked upon Christ, he realized that everything else is a loss. Why? Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I want to encourage you this morning. How are you looking at Christ? What do you look at your relationship with Christ? So sometimes... We, we look at uh, these things and we say, well, uh, I want Christ. I want Christ in my life. I want to know him. But I also want to cling to my family name. I also want to cling to my career. I also want to cling to my identity uh, as a citizen of this country. And I also want to do this. And we're, and we're clinging to things. And you say, if I have to give this up for that, I'm not so sure. I want to add Christ to my life but I don't want to see him as the number one everything. I want to tell you, you need to consider the surpassing worth of Jesus Christ. Because Paul, as he understood and wrote under inspiration of God, he realized the worth of Christ and he said, everything, everything is lost. Do you understand that's a step further? He says, whatever was a gain, that was probably the list. Now, he goes and he says, everything, I I look at everything as loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. If you look down at verse 8, he takes it one step further, and it's a huge step. He says, uh, for his sake, Middle of verse 8. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Consider them as rubbish. Now, I'm not much of a Greek scholar. I'm not. Uh, But that word rubbish, look at it in your scriptures. It says rubbish. It's a bad translation. It's a bad translation. I've, I've looked at this over and over and over again. Since I was a young man. Uh, that word is excrement. Feces. Poop. I'll leave it there, okay? Uh, I know that's hard for you to take. In fact, I, as I was looking at the commentators uh, in previous generations, maybe hundreds of years ago, as they've looked at this scripture, they've wanted and, and have in this Uh, translation wanted to just say oh it was trash it was trash (laughs) wasn't trash it was the dirty diaper (laughs) okay um earlier i was talking to kids about throwing stuff out right getting rid of stuff right um and if you can think about the the greatest invention in your home what's the answer (laughs) the toilet it's the toilet it is it is um it's a great i, I when i went to seminary uh I had a friend I met a guy from arkansas and he was always hamming it up about being from arkansas and he goes yeah we didn't have a toilet in our house we had an outhouse and you know the thing about our outhouse and he had a great accent i won't even try to do it but he goes you know it's just too close during the summertime, and it's too far away during the wintertime, you know? And, and I s- thought about that for a bit. kid from Santa Barbara. I go, oh, yeah, it smells, right, yeah. Uh, you think about that. You, you parents who have kids with diapers, right? Uh, you, you're not saving that and putting it in the baby book, right? That, this is not something that sits and piles up, and you say, I just can't get rid of it, right? Right? Uh, before I had kids, um, I, I would um, I would always judge. Uh, you know, you go on a road trip or something, and on the side of the road you see a dirty diaper sitting there, and you go, oh, I just can't believe someone would be so rude. It makes more sense when you're in the minivan, right? And that thing is smelling. The, you know, is not. I, I'm not. I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying that it makes more sense that you just want to get rid of it, right? Think about that and think about what Paul is saying. He's saying that the good things that I used to cherish, I find them repulsive and smell. I, I, I think you've got to get rid of them. I, I think it's not something you want to keep around. Look at the scripture again. and I, Let me read it to you again. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Uh, They're repulsive to me. They smell bad. It's not something that I want. I realized that as Paul was writing this, that others wouldn't have seen life that way for Paul. They would have seen him imprisoned and the loss of Wealth and prestige and the pride of being high up in the uh, Jewish movement and uh, being thought of as a bit of a hero. And yet, Paul says, forget it. It's all as excrement to me. It's all as repulsive as things that I, I, just, I, I just hate it. I just hate it. Why? Because of Christ. Because of Him. He is worth more. He is worth more. He is of greater value. He makes all things uh, of the past uh, for me to just say, I, I, I de- desire to lose it and to go on in my mind and heart. I want to tell you this too. This was an issue of Paul's mind and heart. And this is an issue of your mind and heart. Some of us want to cling to things and talk about our greatness and our accomplishments of the past instead of talking about and clinging to what? Christ. What he has already done for us. What, what he has accomplished on our behalf. Uh, as Paul is looking at his life, and he's going to talk about two things here in a moment, but as he's looking upon the things of true value to him, it isn't those things. It's what Christ has given him. What Christ has granted to him and given him in what he did on the cross. Which leads us... Uh, to all that we have in Christ. All that we have. At the end of verse 8, he says this. In order that I may gain Christ. And then he goes on to describe two things. We could talk about more in this passage, but really two general things. The first one being this righteousness. Righteousness that is not my own. Um. verse nine says this and being found in him and this is all because of being in christ not having a righteousness of my own uh, from the law but that which comes through faith in christ the righteousness from god that depends on faith through trusting in jesus christ you need to know you need to know that you have righteousness righteousness is that you are right before god that you are clean we sang about being holy today it's the idea of without blemish it's the idea that we are not have something on our account that needs to be taken care of sins are forgiven because sins are forgiven we can be called righteous righteous Uh, this morning I want to tell you, if you're in Jesus Christ, if you have a relationship with him, you are perfectly righteous. But I need to tell you this one thing as well. It's not because of what you've done. It's not. It's not. You say, well, I've done a lot of good things. Who cares? Who cares? As Paul looked upon those things, he said, they're as the stuff of the outhouse. That's what they are. And, and as Paul looked upon them, he, he said, that, "That's what it is. Because I have Christ, and what does Christ wh- what what does it mean for me to be in Christ? What What do I get? A righteousness that is not from me it comes from faith, but it comes from believing in the one who is truly righteous. Faith in Christ produces true righteousness that those other things, the stuff that we could accomplish, could never produce." ever and then he uh, moves on to verse 10 uh, and he says this and uh, verse 10 says that i may know him um, continuing on why what do i have in christ that i may know him the power of his resurrection I may share in his sufferings becoming like him in his death that by any means possible i may attain the resurrection from the dead uh, this relationship that we have with Jesus Christ, we get to know Him. We get to know Him. And then by knowing Him, by knowing Him and being identified, by trusting in Him, we get the power of the resurrection. You look at that event, the resurrection, we celebrate uh, as Easter, the resurrection Sunday. We, we celebrate that. Why? Because the greatest power ever displayed was in the resurrection, conquering sin and death. And so... An uh, amazing display of power. Well, who gets that power? Ones who have faith in Jesus Christ. Resurrection power. To know Him and His resurrection power. But then it says in sharing in His sufferings, becoming like in a, Him in His death, and you say, oh, I want the resurrection, I want to know Him, but that other stuff, I want to tell you, it all comes together. There are times to suffer because of being connected with Jesus Christ. That's part of the deal. But once again, the surpassing worth of Christ, right? It's worth it. And then verse 11, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul, as he looked upon his life, he looked forward to his death. Remember, he's somehow imprisoned at this time and he's had some near uh, death experiences in the sense that people wanted to kill him and tried to kill him. and, And so Paul knew that they very well could be killed, but he also knew the Lord was coming back, and he also knew that he could die of old age. He knew about these things, but he said, in all these things, by any means, whatever happens, that I would experience His resurrection in me, that at the end of this life, wherever it comes, that I will not die, but I will have eternal life. As Christ was raised from the dead, I too will share in that resurrection. This is what the worth of the gospel is. Can you can you do you understand it? Do you understand just a little bit of how the worth of righteousness that's not your own, and eternal life that's found in Jesus Christ to know Him and His resurrection? Do you understand how that is worth more than anything that we can do or accomplish down here? Do you, do you understand how that causes? Uh, the greatness of what Christ has done, how that causes anything that we can talk about to seem so small and insignificant and worthless. You understand? You've got to put them side by side and to say, what do I have to talk about? I don't have anything to talk about, but I do have to talk about Christ who did it for me. He did it for me. As we look upon this passage, uh, we'll continue in the same thought in the weeks to come but I have three questions for you as we conclude our time the first one is this uh, and I'm not I'm not trying to be funny uh, by saying it this way but what feces are you holding on to what is the stuff that you treasure that really is uh, part of this disgusting thing that because of the surpassing worth of Christ, it's meant to be gotten rid of. What are you holding on to? And then secondly, what is the worth of Christ? I wanted, as I was writing that, I, I wanted to say, what is the worth of Christ to you? And I said, no, don't say to you. Because our minds are small. Our minds are small. We could get the math wrong on this one. But just to dwell upon the scripture as it describes The worth of Christ. And let that be the the picture and the model and, and for us to be able to even walk away and say, I don't have a clear enough picture yet, but this is what I do know. What is the worth of Christ? And then lastly, how will gaining Christ for you change your outlook on life and the values that you hold? How will gaining Christ change your outlook on life and the values that you hold? What's a dollar to you? What does it mean? Well, I come from a very stingy family. Like we, we know the worth of a dollar and we're, we're not willing to give it up for anything. Or or maybe you say, well, no, I, I come from a very wealthy family. We're, we're generous. We throw our money around doing all kinds of things. Uh, or maybe you say, well, I'm somewhere in between or I don't have any money. And so it doesn't... But to say, set all that aside, how does your knowing Christ or gaining Christ, how does that affect your value of money? How how does that uh, affect your value of children? How does that affect your value on uh, a college education and ideas and politics? And how does your relationship with Christ affect everything else? Because as Paul he, had, he was not a man without opinions and convictions prior to coming to faith. But what happened was, once he came to faith, it made everything else come into focus on the value of it. It's so important for us. We get so wound up in the things of this life. We, we're so proud of our ideas and thoughts and uh, our heritage and all these other things. And I want to tell you, Paul said it like this, loss, loss loss, 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 loss. He, he looked at it all, you whatever, and all, and everything, like the, the, loss, 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 because of the surpassing worth of Jesus Christ. May that be our guide this morning. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your word as it guides and directs us, and may your spirit be, uh, have been teaching us and continue to teach us as we struggle through this god i i pray for conviction uh that not doesn't come from a a conscience that's just uh wound up but that your spirit would be working in us to rearrange our thoughts to rearrange our actions and bring us to repentance and god i do your work in your church we thank you for allowing us to be a part of it we pray this in jesus name amen